It's our last day of, of focusing on this, and I really do want the focus to kind of be on these ladies and what we've learned from Sri Lanka this morning, but I want to just touch on a few things and give us an opportunity to respond. Um, several weeks ago, I had all the people who had taken the Strengths Finder uh, assessment stand, and there were several. I, I'd love to do it again today. If you, if you have taken the Strengths Finder assessment and you've kind of discovered your strengths through that means anyway, could you go ahead and stand up? All right. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And, and I know that's a, that's a great thing. Now, I'm just going to give the rest of you an opportunity. If you um, not necessarily uh, have taken the Strengths Finder, but you have maybe some sense of what some of your strengths are, could you go ahead and stand up too? All right. If, if you would maybe kind of like to know what your strengths are, would you go ahead and stand up too? <laughs> if you have no desire to know what your strengths are, and you wish I would just pray and we could all go home, would you go ahead and stand up too? Could everybody just stand up? All right, that's, that was kind of my goal in that whole process. Been sitting for a while, and you look great. Just go like this for a second, and now sit back down. I'm an includer. I got everybody stand up with me. Hey, we've been talking about celebrating strengths, and, uh, and, and we've been discussing it in different ways. What we've been talking about over the last several weeks is no small matter, and uh, it's not a, an insignificant issue. It's not just something that, you know, I decided to kind of fill up a few Sundays with. What we're talking about has been called by some people nothing less than a, a revolution, and not just a, a minor shift in our thinking, not just a tweaking of the way we look at things, but a whole new way of approaching life, relationships, understanding who God is, understanding who we are, that has the potential to dramatically impact our church, to dramatically impact our society, to dramatically impact our families, dramatically impact our contribution to the kingdom of God here in this place. It's a revolution that started with one simple question. Instead of asking what's wrong, we're starting to ask what's right. And based out of this simple question, this simple shift in thinking, it's led us to this further discovery that if we'll spend time working on what's right with us, spend time developing the strengths within us, then we can get so much further than if we were to spend that same amount of energy trying to develop those things that we are not so talented at and the weaknesses that are uh, true in our lives. It's a revolution that invites us to actually believe what the psalm writer wrote about us, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that all of God's works are wonderful, including you and including me. It's a revolution that invites us to believe what Paul wrote to the Ephesians, that we really are, each of us, God's masterpieces. We are his works of art. We are unique and beautiful and created by God to do and live out this specific and unique uh, way. It's a It's a revolution that invites us to remember that we are not to squeeze ourselves into some mold that we believe is what a Christian is supposed to be. They look like this, so I ought to look like this, or they do that, so I ought to do that. But instead to live out this unique shape, this unique, uh, the unique strengths that God has poured into our lives to become the people that God has uniquely created us to be. We've been focusing on Jesus' words in John chapter 17, his, his, uh, his high priestly prayer, and just those 
Those few words there in John 17, verse 4, where he simply said, Father, I've brought you glory by completing the work that you gave me to do. And we've said throughout this, these weeks that we're very thankful that, in fact, Jesus did complete the work, right, that God gave him to do on the cross and in the resurrection. But we've also been saying that we're so thankful that in so doing, he gave us a model. He gave us a pattern. He gave us an example. He, he called us, in a sense, to do the same thing, to bring the Father glory by completing the work here on earth that he has given us to do. And so we've been suggesting that... Uh, that, that one of the key strategies, one of the key ways that we can complete this work that will most glorify God is by joining in this revolution, by living in the strengths that God has given us, by living in the pattern and in the mold in which God has created us to live in and out of. And so we've talked over these weeks about how playing to our strengths can not only be a tremendous, tremendously helpful basic approach to life, but how it can be a strategic tool and how it can help us in our relationships and we've talked about how as a congregation it can help us to be a a place where God is is at work in beautiful ways and we've talked about how even um, our our strengths can can enhance and give flavor and personalize the ministries and the callings and the gifts that God has poured into us we've talked about all these kinds of things we've seen hopefully over these weeks how living in our strengths is connected to our own personal well-being and I, I don't Maybe go to that, that next slide there, I think, Robin. Yeah, it, it's a matter, really, we've seen how it's a matter of fulfillment, right? I hope you've, I hope you've tapped into that at some level, that, that living in our strengths is a, is a matter and a means to experiencing a higher level of personal fulfillment, a higher level of contentment, a higher level of just personal well-being. And this is very significant. Less frustration, less burnout, and instead living with a sense of of strength and, and commitment and purpose and contentment. We've also talked about how in a congregational setting or in a group, group setting, it can be a, a real means and a matter of, of greater productivity and effectiveness. I mean, this whole idea, you know, if we're each living in our own strengths, we've recognized, and we heard about this at the Strengths Retreat, how every successful group or environment or team is not necessarily made up of well-rounded individuals. But, but strong teams and groups and environments are those that are made up of individuals who are living in those unique strengths that they have and adding their piece to the puzzle. And so we've talked about how, yeah, absolutely, the celebration of strengths can help us not only to a higher level of personal fulfillment, but a greater level of communal productivity. And each of these are very significant and important. But I want to leave you with this this morning because as a follower of Jesus Christ, as followers of Jesus, as the church of Jesus Christ here this morning, there really is more to this story than just personal fulfillment and greater productivity. While those things are really important and great, and we can use those things and play to those things within the church, there is more to say for us who are followers of Jesus. As important as these are for the believers, living in our strengths is ultimately a matter of stewardship ultimately a matter of stewardship. It's just a big word. Many of you know what it means, but stewardship just simply means to take responsibility for the resources of someone else. And most of the time when we hear stewardship in church, we think about money. This is not a money sermon, so don't worry. But, um, but, it, but we think about that most of the time because we, are, we, we think about the, the financial resources that God has provided for us and, and in giving to the church. That's one way of of representing or demonstrating that really all of what we have is God's 
and we want to be good stewards of it, both in the way that we give and in the way that we spend and the way that we save. The same is true. We, we can talk not only about the, the stewardship then of our financial resources, but we can talk about the, the stewardship of our, our time, how we spend our time, and we can, spend, we can talk about the ways in which we steward the talents that we've been given. We believe that God has poured these talents into us, and they are his resources that have, in a sense, been given to us, and yet they are still his. And so we are responsible for managing and stewarding these talents and these abilities. And if you're anything like me, when I think about it like that, it raises the level quite a bit. It's not just for my personal fulfillment anymore. It's not just for the productivity of our church and so we can get things done in a little bit more efficient manner and be more effective. It's because God has put these things in me and it's my responsibility to steward them in a way that brings glory to him and advances his purposes in the world. There's a great little story. It's great for some people anyway. In scripture, Matthew chapter 25, it's not great for one guy, um, but I want to read it to you and it's the parable of the talents. And in Jesus' day, a talent was a unit of money. But uh, in our day, a talent is something else. And so just know that in the context, he was talking about finances. But in our day and in this setting, just go ahead and think of talent the way that we think of it. An ability. Something that's been poured into us. Would you stand up with me? I want to read this, this story for us. Matthew 25, 14. 30. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. Twenty gave five talents of money to another two talents and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. The man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with a banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Like I said, not so good for one guy. But it is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can have a seat. I don't know about you, but I don't, want to be, I don't want to be one of those guys who takes a talent that I've been given and plays it safe. I want to be one of those guys who takes a talent that I've been given and buries, digs a hole and buries it in the ground. I don't want to be one of those guys who never really puts it into play, never puts it into action, never takes a risk. 
use the abilities that I've been given for the glory of God. I don't want to be one of those guys who at the end of my life wonders what it might have been like. What it might have been like. What God might have done in me and through me had I taken a risk, put my talents and put my abilities into play in the world around me. I do not want to be that guy. I think the story tells us a few things, that, and we talked about these a little bit this weekend. I just want to uh, get these to us really quick. If we're going to be effective stewards of our talents and the resources God has given us, we're going to have to do a little bit of work. This is not going to be by osmosis, friends. It, just listening to a, a message or even five of them that have been highly repetitive, I agree with you, uh, will not get you m- more strong. It will not get you to the place where we're using the talents and abilities. We're going to have to take a few steps. And, and I just want to outline those for you. I think that the, the story affirms these really well. The first is we need to identify our strengths. And, and many of you have taken this, uh, this assessment, and we've said throughout that this is not the only way. Others of you have kind of been listening to your own the rhythms of your soul and trying to pay more attention. I encourage you. Pay more attention. Ask people around you, what are my strengths? Whatever you need to do to begin to identify what it is that God has created in you. And don't look at me and say, I don't have any strengths. Because what that's saying is less about you and more about God when we say things like that. Because God has created, you are his masterpiece. And so that means that there is, in fact, strength within you just waiting to be uncovered. We need to identify it. The second is we need to affirm it. We need to We need to own it. We need to believe in our strengths. And a lot of times we don't do this again because we're so used to them that they don't seem like that big of a deal. And so they can't possibly be a strength. Or we've always maybe kind of thought of that actually as a weakness. And so I don't really want to affirm that as a strength. Why would I want to do that? I'm always trying to downplay that. Or somebody has told me that I do too much of that. So or society has told me that 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 is actually not a helpful thing. So I've tried to tone that down. Where in actuality, we need to affirm those strengths within us. The third thing, though, that's highly critical to us as believers especially is to develop those strengths. And, and so we need to work on them. We need to develop them. And ultimately, not only do we need to practice them, but we need to, our, our greatest form of development is to bring them under the submission of the lordship of Jesus. And this is where I said a few weeks ago that, that it, this, the strengths... Uh, living on our strengths does not give us the right to say, well, that's just how I am. It doesn't give us the right to say, well, that's it. That's all you get. That's how, I'm, that's how I was made. If you add to that, that's just who I am under the lordship of Jesus Christ, then you'll get no argument from me. But, but I've known too many people, including myself at times, who just say, well, that's just how I am. And really, that's just how I am because that's how I just want to be. <laughs> And I haven't submitted that piece to me to the lordship of Jesus. The last one is just simply to apply these strengths. Again, I don't want to be the guy who doesn't. I want to be the guy who at the end of my life says, I have leveraged every talent. I've squeezed everything out of the abilities that God gave me for his purposes. Maybe even a little bit more. I've, I've, I've leveraged, I've, I've leaned into these strengths in, in every possible way so that I could be used for his glory to maximum effectiveness for his glory, for his kingdom. I was reminded in the scriptures of, of heroes throughout, throughout this biblical narrative, right, that I was talking about earlier, this biblical narrative that, that we've seen people like this. I was reminded of, of a guy named Moses. Remember that guy? And uh, this, this Moses character, even when 
he was still not quite hitting his stride. We were seeing some indications of his strengths at work. I, I don't, you know, I, I've actually done the Clifton Strengths Finder for some of these biblical characters. So I know that Moses was an arranger and he had belief. And, and so, because even when he saw that um, Egyptian beaten up on the Hebrew and he killed the Egyptian, he was... He was believing in something that was right. And even when he went on the run because the Hebrews were afraid that he was going to kill them too and he became a shepherd and he had to manage all the sheep and he had to arrange them and, and work with them and keep them in... in even some, at that point, some of his strengths were beginning to emerge. And then he met this burning bush. He met the voice and the very presence of God. And God called him and he submitted his entire life to the leadership of God. And do you understand how, how then he began to say, well, okay, God, if you say it so, I guess I'm going to lead these people out of Egypt. I believe it. He began to put those talents into work under the lordship of God. And, and then there was, you know, a whole, lot, whole bunch of those Hebrews that he had to wrestle up, a little bit more than the sheep that he had been shepherding, but he had to get them together as well and lead them out. He had to stand before Pharaoh time after time and stick to his guns. That's exactly what he did in a in a beautiful way. He lived into and out of his strengths. I was thinking about Esther and this gal who kind of went from, you know, beauty queen to uh, the, the savior of her people from genocide, basically. And, and how, how she began to live into her strengths. And, 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 and even as she came into the, the Persian king's household and was made queen, this Hebrew woman, this Hebrew young woman, was able to use her strengths, maybe of empathy and of harmony, to listen to her uncle Mordecai and, and the challenges that were arising and the threats to the Hebrew people and to then go and work with the king and to share and, and maybe communicate in ways that, that would be persuasive in order to, to, to bring the, the result to a harmonious end. Uh, living into and out of her strengths. I jump to the New Testament, I think about Peter and early on we saw some of his strengths as well. Maybe, uh, again, activator. It's one of these that, that, that the strengths finder talks about, Peter, ready, fire, aim, you know, kind of a little bit out of order there, and, and just kind of jump in the gun, foot in mouth disease from time to time for, for Peter, and yet there he was communicating and speaking and all, and then Pentecost happens, and, and the commissioning of Jesus after, before Pentecost happens on Peter's life, and, and he really experiences the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and, and this lordship of Jesus in his life. And suddenly this, this man who had kind of strengths had been kind of out of control harnesses them in such a way that he becomes potentially the greatest preacher in Christian history. Preaching a sermon on Pentecost that 3,000 people in that day came to know Jesus in a beautiful way. Something happens when we harness our strengths under the lordship of Jesus, when we offer ourselves like that. I think of Paul, and it's the last one. I just think of Paul, and, and we think about his vigilance in, in tracking down the Christians as a, as a Jewish zealot and tracking down the Christians. And we think of those stories in the book of Acts where he was there witnessing the execution of Stephen and giving approval to this execution of this Christian martyr. We think of the stories of him going from house to house and dragging Christians out and into the prisons. We think about him even going to the high priest and getting permission to go to Damascus and find more Christians there. I can drag them out and put them in prison as well, but something happened on the way to Damascus. <laughs> Ran into this living Lord Jesus Christ who became the ruler of his life. 
It didn't stop him from still demonstrating his strengths, his inherent makeup, but now it was completely different. His strengths were harnessed in such a way that 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 same vigilance with which he had pursued the Christians, now he pursued planting churches. And the same analytical skills and strategic thinking that he had used to, to gather Christians and put them in prison, now he plotted where do we plant the next church? And how do I talk to these people? Because they come from a little bit of a different background. And how do I present the gospel of them in a unique way that will catch on and, and work in, in such a way that can that connect with them? Well, the question really I have for us today is, is what's, what's our part in the story? Here's some great examples and throughout Scripture of folks who took their place I mean, it wasn't really, you know, that long. Many of these, you know, these lives that I've just talked about were pretty much the same amount of time as we have. And yet they were able to to identify and affirm and develop and release those strengths in such a way that God used them in a mighty way and shaped his very narrative through their lives. So it is a question of stewardship for us this morning. And, and my favorite question in relation to stewardship is just simply this. I think I have, what, what are you going to do with what you've been given? And, and this morning, I just really want to drive that home. What are you going to do with what you've been given? How is life going to look different for you in the days to come because of this affirmation, this ownership, and this development, and this application of your strengths. And then kind of this follow-up question. What story, then, is being written of your contribution to God's purposes? Is it a story, as it is maybe has been for some of us, a story of obligation? I ought to do that, so that's what I'll do. Is it a story of trying to live up to other people's expectations of you or what you think you're supposed to be or do? Is it a story of discouragement or frustration because I never quite found that sweet spot? Is it a story of burying the talent that we've been given and burying our heads in the sand as well and just kind of hoping for the best? Or is it a story of strength? Is it a story of strength? Let's stand together. I am. Um, we're, we're, uh, we're at our... our time, you know, to, to wrap it up. And I, and I want to do that. I want to be faithful to that. But I also want to give some opportunity for, for some of us to respond here this morning. It's been a long, uh, a long haul listening to these messages. And I appreciate your, your sticking with me through it. Um, as I shared with a group yesterday, it's, it's, it's my passion, my desire to see a church that's operating in its, in its strength. And I, my, I get my greatest joy, not when I get to do stuff, but when I get to watch you do stuff that you're good at. 
God's uniquely equipped you to do. And, uh, and I just kind of wonder if in, in regard to these questions that we've asked today, what are you going to do with what you've been given? And what story has been being written of your contribution to God's purpose? If maybe there might not be a few of us this morning who would want to just kind of commit ourselves in a new way. Just kind of renew or make a brand new commitment. Not necessarily to invite Jesus into our hearts. I mean, there might be some people who need to do that this morning, and that's a great place to start. None of this is possible without that, really, to begin with. But, but for many of us, just to say, I, I, I just, I want a beautiful story of living in all the strength that you've given me to be written in my life. I want to come to the end of my life knowing that I've leveraged every talent, every ability that you've given me for your glory. And for some of us, that, that might need to even begin today in a humble, submissive offering ourselves completely to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so I want to just, as our worship team sings, I want to just invite many of you to gather around our altars down here. Some of you, just, I mean, you'll just come because you want to be supportive of the others. But I just want, and some of you are going to come because you just feel the Spirit kind of tapping on your heart. And you say, I just need to go forward and, and just declare that publicly and declare that to myself. That this is a day, this is a moment in time where I am saying, Jesus, everything I have, these talents that you've given me, I'm giving them back to you. I'm submitting myself completely to your Lordship. And I can't wait to see how you're going to use me. And so we're going to sing this song. And uh, some of you just need to say, uh, here, here I'm coming. If I, haven't, if I haven't affirmed them yet, give me ownership, God. If I haven't developed them, help me to do that. Lead me, show me, help me in this journey. And so as we sing, would you come? And then I'll come and just say a prayer of blessing and, uh, and sending and commissioning for us all as we move forward, celebrating the strength that God has given us. Come and pray as we sing.